Well, wouldn't you know it, my rebels, um, after sputtering around a bit, Justin Trudeau's liberal government has found out what they really need to do in this pandemic, and that is to censor the internet. Not sure how it fights the virus, but it certainly achieves the censorship goals of squashing anyone who disagrees with Trudeau. I'll give you the details about that. But before I do, let me invite you to become a paying subscriber to our paywall, which gives you the, gives you the video version of this podcast. Just go to rebelnews.com. It's eight bucks a month. No big deal. All right. Here's today's podcast. Tonight, the Liberals propose to tackle the virus by bringing in a new censorship law. It's April 16th, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Thank consumer you. I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish is because it's my bloody right to do so. You'll remember the first thing the Communist Party of China did when the Wuhan virus started to spread. They arrested eight medical doctors in Wuhan who were concerned about it and were talking about their concerns in public, or at least on the Chinese social media app called WeChat. Here's a translation of the Xinhua story that says the police arrested the eight doctors for spreading rumors. And the police denounced those rumors as untrue because who would know more about complex virus epidemics than some Chinese cops. So yeah, that's how China rules when it comes to talking about viruses. They send the cops in to arrest and censor the doctors. It's a huge reason why the virus spread because instead of fighting the virus, they were fighting the doctors. Instead of warning the world, they lied to the world. However, the virus actually started and it's increasingly looking like it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a Chinese government research station in the city. However, it actually started, it spread precisely because the Communist Party took steps to let it spread, mainly censorship and lies. Fast forward three and a half months to Canada today. The virus is here now in part because Canada's foolish leaders trusted the Communist Party of China and the UN agency they dominate, namely the World Health Organization. I remind you that Theresa Tam doesn't just work for us right now as we speak. She sits on a senior committee at the World Health Organization itself. You can see here um, her name is on the bottom right. Quick question, who is she politically loyal to in the case of a disagreement? The World Health Organization or Canada? You can't serve two masters. The WHO is dominated by China, including through the Secretary General. They installed a non-doctor named Tedros Adhanom. If a WHO executive, even a doctor, is torn between the, their doctor's oath, do no harm, or loyalty to China, would they have to choose? Which one would they choose? There's no need to guess. Here's another Canadian doctor who serves the WHO, Dr. Aylward from Newfoundland. Watch him in real time. Would the WHO consider Taiwan's membership? Hello? Would the, would the I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I couldn't hear your question. Okay, yeah, let me, let, let me, let me repeat the question. No, so. that's okay. Let, let's move to another one then. Right, because, because I'm, I'm actually curious on talking about Taiwan as well, on Taiwan's case.
we decided to give Dr. Alward another call to follow up. And I just want to see if you can comment a bit on how Taiwan has done so far in terms of containing the virus. Well, we've we've already talked about China, and um, you know when you look across all the different areas of uh, of China, they've actually all done quite a good job. So with that, I'd like to thank you very much for inviting us to participate, and uh, and good luck as you go forward with the battle in Hong Kong. Yeah, so the WHO is turning doctors into liars. I don't think Dr. Aylward would be arrested like the eight Chinese doctors would, but he'd be fired probably. So he's chosen political obedience to China over his medical duty. What a disgrace. So back to social media, because that's what those eight doctors in Wuhan did last year. They were concerned about the virus. They could tell something was different. They were concerned. They were talking to their fellow doctors on WeChat. Again, that's like a Chinese Facebook or Twitter app. And they were censored because what they said was inconvenient or embarrassing. Well, fast forward to now in Canada and look at this. Federal government open to new law to fight pandemic misinformation. It's one of several measures the government is considering to counter fake news about the virus online. Just to be clear, they're talking about the Canadian government, not the Chinese government, even though they're doing the same thing. The government is deciding what you can or can't say about the virus. They're fighting rumors, they say, just like the Wuhan police said. I've checked, and I don't see anything from all the usual suspects. Penn International the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, Canadian Journalists for Free Expression, Canadian Association of Journalists, they're all fine with this. Of course they are. They're all part of the establishment, same general worldview. Government knows best, the UN knows best, globalism makes sense. Anyone who doubts the public health deep state is probably a crank or a kook. More to the point, all the journalists are on Trudeau's bailout payroll now, so it's hard for them to pretend to be independent. The federal government is considering introducing legislation to make it an offense to knowingly spread misinformation that could harm people, says Privy Council President Dominique LeBlanc. LeBlanc told CBC News he is interested in British MP Damien Collins's call for laws to punish those responsible for spreading dangerous misinformation online about the pandemic. LeBlanc said he has discussed the matter already with other cabinet ministers, including Justice Minister David Lamenny. If the government decides to follow through, he said, it could take a while to draft legislation. Oh, okay. So no bothering with bills in Parliament or debates in Parliament. He just chatted about it with David Lamenti, the Justice Minister, the crooked Justice Minister who took over from Jody Wilson-Raybould because she was too honest for Trudeau. And Lamenti said he was totally fine with Trudeau interfering in the SNC-Lavalin case, the prosecution of there for corruption. We're in the best of hands, aren't we? Let me read some more. <clears throat> Legislatures and parliaments are meeting scarcely because of the current context of the pandemic, so it's not a quick solution, but it's certainly something that we could be open to as a government, said LeBlanc. NDP MP Charlie Angus said he would support legislation to fight online information. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> An NDPer wants to censor you. And look at this little headline in the middle of the story. Cranks wreaking havoc. They're not talking about themselves and their bizarre advice over the last few months to to not close borders to the virus, to not put on masks. No, they're not the cranks. They say you're the cranks. Let me read some more. Extraordinary times require extraordinary measures. And it's about protecting the public, he said. This is not a question of free speech. No, why would you say that? This is a question of people who are actually actively working to spread disinformation, whether it's through troll bot farms, whether it's state operators, or whether it's really conspiracy theorists, cranks, who seem to get their kicks out of creating havoc. Really? 
It's not a matter of free speech, eh? When a censor tells you that, you know it precisely is a matter of free speech, or why else would they have mentioned it? I'll read some more. The comments from LeBlanc and Angus come as governments around the world struggle to curb this dangerous misinformation and disinformation circulating about the COVID-19 pandemic. More recently, said Collins, the misinformation has shifted to conspiracy theories about what triggered the pandemic, claims that it was cooked up in a lab, for example. Hang on, is that really fake news, though? I mean, that's what China says, but it's pretty much accepted as fact now that it has something to do with the official government virus labs in town. I mean, we all know that's where it came from in one way or another, whether it was an accident or a weaponized virus. That's, that's not really in doubt anymore. Uh, and even if it was, how does that in any way stop the virus um, or not stop the virus? Why would a government care if you hold a wrong opinion about where the virus came from? How is that any of the government of Canada's business? You want to see some fake news? <laughs> Check out this fake news. Look at this. One percent of British Columbians have COVID-19. Have all the physical distancing measures brought in been worth it? Wow. One percent. That's... That's worse than I thought. There's just over 5 million BCers, about, about 5.1 million British Columbians. So 1% is 51,000 cases. It's almost as much as the United States. Yeah, no, they only have just over 1,500 cases. So by my math, out of 5.1 million citizens, that is 0.03%, not 1%. The CBC, off, the CBC was off by 30-fold. That's fake news. Do they have to go to jail? So Trudeau's police will censor news they don't like, opinions they don't like, for it's a matter of opinion who caused the problem. And Trudeau's state broadcaster will tell you what to think and what to tell your family members what to think. This is from CBC's The National. Take a look at this. So what do you do when this happens? A loved one, let's say it's your dad drops into the family group chat with something he thinks is real. It's something about China manufacturing the coronavirus. There's a link to a site you've never heard of with a message calling it scary stuff. So what do you do with this? Do you ignore it? Do you call him out saying how ridiculous you think this is? If you do that to your dad, you've actually shamed him. My name is Claire Wardle and I'm the US director of First Draft and we are a nonprofit that we help people navigate the challenges of misinformation online. What happens is that your dad doubles down on his view and he dismisses what you're saying. Use language that's empathetic and to say, we're all in this together. And rather than you're wrong, I'm right here with the facts because that does not work. So hold back on all that reactive talk. Maybe try something like this. Yeah, these are scary times. We're all a bit afraid, but let's be careful. What you're sharing is inaccurate and it feeds into that fear we all feel. Everybody's like anxiety is so heightened right now. People are sharing this stuff not for any malicious reasons, but because they're scared too. Sending more context could also be a good move, but don't drown them in evidence. Maybe send an article from a legitimate source quoting credible scientists on why the virus wasn't manufactured. Conspiracies can be just as infectious, just as dangerous as a virus, so you have to guard against them. Really, so speak in an infuriatingly condescending tone to your father or your uncle. So is this message directed at kids? I'm not sure. And tell him, well, we're all scared, Dad. Don't get so emotional. Here, read a story from Trudeau's CBC State Broadcaster. Stop being so emotional, Dad. 
Yeah, no thanks. The CBC itself is a major source of propaganda. I don't think showing your dad a CBC article is going to stop the conspiracies. Can you imagine if Stephen Harper had CBC journalists out there telling you how to rebut kooky liberal conspiracy theories? It's unthinkable, and the entire establishment would call it an outrageous abuse of the press. And by the way, the virus did come from the lab. It's not really in doubt now, unless, like the CBC, you trust the Communist Party of China. But here... And now, yeah, no problem. Trudeau's always admired China's basic dictatorship, and you don't expect the bailout media to argue with him on this censorship now, do you? Stay with us for more. Welcome back. Well, last night, Sheila Gunn-Reed had a scoop, and when I watched it, I thought, Holy moly, this is a big story. Uh, instead of letting me retell it to you, let me play a clip for it so you can hear it in Sheila's own words. Take a listen. Okay, so this is a lab that collects deadly viruses that have already caused problems in the world, like SARS. And the Americans were so concerned about the shoddy conditions at this lab that deals with highly infectious and dangerous diseases in Wuhan, China, that they dispatched two science diplomats, which is something I've never even heard of before. And then these science diplomats were sending warnings back to Washington about the potential for this lab to cause a plague. So naturally, Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is now engaging in a research project with this dangerous Chinese laboratory and relying on scientists on the ground in Wuhan, China to do all the research. But don't take my word for it. Let me show you. This is from the Canadian government website that lists a series of grants to study this new coronavirus. To contribute to global efforts to address the 2019 novel coronavirus outbreak, on February 10th, 2020, the Government of Canada launched a rapid research funding competition. Canada's researchers were quick to respond, submitting hundreds of applications in just a week. It looks like the Canadian government, in an effort to move fast instead of smart, seems to be giving Canadian tax money to, well, possibly the bad guys of the outbreak. Here's this grant headed by a researcher at the University of Alberta in Edmonton. The grant itself is to develop a form of rapid testing for the virus in places where resources are limited, like poor countries. It's a noble idea, but unfortunately, it includes collaboration with what is possibly the researchers who are the source of the coronavirus disease. Look at this. This research addresses the urgent need of rapid point-of-care diagnostics of COVID-19. The collaborative research is conducted by a multidisciplinary team of virologists, chemists, infectious disease specialists, frontline practitioners, and public health researchers from the University of Alberta, Canadian Food Inspection Agency, and Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Now here's the grant value, $828,000 and change. One more thing, look at this. Our team members in Wuhan, who currently perform the standard diagnostic tests, will lead this effort. So did you get that? The very same Wuhan Institute of Virology that caused this pandemic. Trudeau sent them nearly a million bucks after the pandemic. This wasn't 
sending money there beforehand before we knew. Trudeau sent them nearly a million bucks afterwards, and I can't even believe it. And that scoop was brought to you by our friend Sheila Gunn-Reed, who joins us now, Vice Guy from Edmonton. Sheila, how you doing? Hey, I'm really good. Just before I jumped on camera with you, I found out that Fox News linked back to my work, which is very exciting. Um, it's interesting how quickly our American friends will um, see uh, an enormous story breaking right in front of them, while our Canadian uh, colleagues, I suppose might be the right word, they're sort of doing their best to ignore this international story. Yeah, that's a point. Uh, you're so right on that. I mean, it is, objectively speaking, a shocking story. I know that the United States put some money into handling that virus center, but that was, if I'm not mistaken, before things went sideways. And you go into that in your, in your video about how the U.S. sent diplomats and they were worried that it wasn't up to snuff and they sent science diplomats. So I think that was all beforehand. Only Trudeau would send money to China as if they need our money after the pandemic and as if any Chinese science can be trusted. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the whole point of how this became a pandemic that is shutting down entire national economies, separating us from our loved ones and um, causing our municipal governments to act like tyrants and strip us of our civil liberties it's directly due to the fact that the Chinese government actively muzzled scientists and doctors who were trying to warn the world. And those doctors were working in hospitals. They were, you know, seeing the first patients and seeing the spread as it was spreading from person to person while the Chinese government was saying, oh, no, 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 it's not spreading person to person. And then the Canadian government was also repeating that Chinese propaganda. So how are we, first of all, to trust any research coming out of the very lab that likely birthed this virus? But also, where's the oversight? How do we know that this is even going to the thing that they say it's supposed to go to, and that's rapid testing, which incidentally already exists? But how do we know that it's not going to fund some sort of biological weapon research? We really don't know. We're just supposed to trust the Chinese communist government when they say they're doing with our money that they don't need what they say they're going to do with it. Yeah, it's really crazy. Um, you know, you, you said something earlier about how Americans pick up our story faster than our Canadian, I think you said colleagues, I think rivals or competitors might yeah. be a different word. It's funny because every day Justin Trudeau has a, a very softball press conference. It couldn't be more opposite from the Trump press conference every day where Basically, journalists line up trying to outdo each other in insulting or gotcha-ing him. I don't think they succeed, but they obviously do since they keep doing it. Compare that to the absolute tongue bath that Trudeau gets because he shuts out rebel news reporters. I would send you or Kean or David Menzies or even go myself in a second. He won't let us there. And my point being... All right, fine. So let's find the news where it is. The news actually is probably not going to be broken by Justin Trudeau because he's not really in the driver's seat. He's sort of lazing about at home for the last month. So it's not like those press conferences, there'll be any source of news there. So the fact that we're banned from his press conference, it's like when we're banned from those global warming UN events that you always go to, 
in a way, I mean, I'm not going to say it's good to be banned, but it forces you to do some real reporting. Same here. We've done some real reporting. I should tell you, Sheila, that I've had two private contacts from rival journalists who talk to me privately, but I don't want to name them publicly because they'll get in trouble with their bosses. I believe that at least two other journalists in Canada are following up on your scoop. Now, whether or not they'll give you credit for breaking it is a completely different matter, but both of them told me they're following you, which is, I think, their way of saying good on Sheila. Well, we do something that other journalists generally don't do. So when we have access to information documents or we find documents that are sitting on a government website somewhere, which is how we got this, it was out there. It wasn't something that we had to ask for. We just had to be curious enough to find it. And that's how we came across it. But when we have documents or when we find these things on these government websites just hanging to be plucked off the information tree. We link back to it. We show everybody our source documents so that they can check for themselves. And I don't just mean the public check for themselves. I think this information is important information that all Canadians should have um, so that they can make appropriate decisions about the competency of our government. And I'm I'm happy, and I don't need the credit. I'm happy that there are other journalists, rival journalists, willing to take the information we found mm -hmm. and the sources we link to and run with it. The more eyeballs that get on this work, um, I, I think the better it is for the Canadian public. So I, I don't get too uptight about the fact that they don't link back to my work the way um, the... Um, world's largest cable news network did for me today, which is kind of personally exciting. And I, I wish I had spent more time on my appearance now that that video is going to go viral. Oh, but Sheila, you're Whatever, fine. live and learn, live and learn. <laughs> you know, um, the fact that Trudeau would send this much money to a Chinese government institute that created or at least released this virus shows that there is no change in worldview, no change in ideology, uh, ideology, no change in foreign policy stance whatsoever. Despite the biggest calamity one could imagine, Trudeau is still thinking about, oh, shovel money to foreign countries, including countries richer than us. Um, China can be trusted, including their militarized virus lab. Um, there's so many uh, embedded uh, assumptions that would, and, and how many people would have been involved with that grant? You've got the people who proposed it, the people who reviewed it, the people who approved it, the people who announced it. I think altogether there were probably 20 or 30 different pairs of eyes looking at that grant and none of them said, um, guys, this might be a bad idea. And that tells me that the entire culture of the Canadian government and academia is still so totally beholden to China, to communist China, and to communist Chinese science, despite everything. That is shocking to me. I did a little bit of a, uh, an internet experiment for myself in all of this, and I haven't seen the Canadian government say anything critical of the Chinese government's handling of the virus at all. Um, you would think now, especially since American intelligence has weighed in with what they think um, has gone on in Wuhan and specifically at this virus lab, you would think that the Canadians would just follow along. But they haven't said anything. And there's another layer in all of this, 
Do we even know if the two Michaels being held by the Chinese government are still alive? Did they contract the coronavirus? We don't even know. And while the Chinese government is, for all intents and purposes, completely responsible for this plague and still holding two Canadian political prisoners, why the heck are we giving them a dime to do any sort of research? Um, struggling Canadian taxpayers out of work because of the Chinese government should not be giving a penny to the Chinese government. Yeah, let alone this militarized institution that caused it all. It is so upside down. It is so upside. It would be like after Pearl Harbor, uh, sending a bucket of money to Japan and say, hey, let's study how, uh, you know, something aeronautical or something. Just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I am worried about it. I don't think that the rest of the world will tolerate the communist Chinese abuses of the world. I think the United Kingdom may pull back, Boris Johnson himself getting quite ill over this. I think that you will see, I'd like to see public opinion from Spain and Italy and Korea and other places, and even in Iran, in Africa, where I don't think the virus has uh, laid waste to the population, maybe because they take a form of hydroxychloroquine in malaria meds. Um, I would like to see world global uh, opinion on China I think in almost every country in the world, it's got to be plummeting. And yet Justin Trudeau will probably be the last one to abandon his loyalties to communist China. I think if he can't be phased by this, he is so deeply in the tank. It even makes me think of that word, that old Soviet word, kompromat, that they have some compromising material about him because how could he be so indifferent to what they've done, especially this virus institute? Last word to you. I think Justin Trudeau's love affair with China is actually going to hurt our economic recovery from what China has done to us with this virus. Um, I think the United States returning um, manufacturing to um, to the uh, continental United States um, will trigger a renaissance in American manufacturing, and we're not going to see that happen in Canada. We're just going to have entire industries dry up and die um, because we won't detach ourselves from China even after all of this. Yeah. I think in a way Trudeau's probably still campaigning for his UN Security Council seat and maybe he's too yeah. afraid to speak against China because he wants their vote. I'm not even kidding. To him that's more valuable uh, than anything else we've discussed. Sheila, congratulations again. Um, what a great story, and you've got more in the pipeline. I've seen uh, some details of some of them. I can hardly wait, folks. you got to see that whole video. You can find it elsewhere on our website. Take care, my friend. Keep up the good work. I will. Thanks, boss. Okay, there you have it. Sheila Gunn-Reed, our chief reporter. Stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. On my monologue yesterday about Trump suspending payments to the World Health Organization, Paul writes, a corrupt organization controlled by China and the UN that describes the World Health Organization and the Liberal Party, no wonder they're so in love with each other. Yeah, as I said to Sheila, it's incredible to me that the Trudeau government has not moved one inch away from their pro-China, globalist, deep state, public health, weird worldview. Like this has not shaken them in any way. They still believe in giving foreign aid to the Chinese government at this virus lab that caused the whole thing crazy. 
Neil writes, the last thing Canada needs is direction from another corrupt entity. We already have a crippling one in Ottawa. Yeah, well, the thing is, the, the theory is, at least if you have a corrupt politician in Ottawa or Calgary or Toronto or Vancouver, at the end of the day, they're a, a Canadian. But when we're taking instructions from the United Nations and its World Health Organization agency, they don't have Canada's best interests at heart. They're pursuing China's interests. That's the problem here. It's a globalist interest. You can have terrible domestic politicians, a terrible mayor, a terrible premier, for example. But at least at the end of the day, they're part of your country. Susanna writes, Taiwan is not a member of the World Health Organization and has much better results in fighting this virus than the countries who are members. The proof is in the pudding. No World Health Organization needed. Why are we paying them millions of tax dollars every year? Well, exactly. As Louis Gomer joked, and I said this in yesterday's show, um, <clears throat> you don't have to pay people to lie to you. They'll probably lie to you for free. Well, I think Trudeau likes being lied to. He likes delegating his thinking to someone else and experts. And, of course, he still is lobbying for that UN Security Council seat. That's what I think is behind this, too. Until next time, my friends, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Stay healthy and keep fighting for freedom.